0: This is John Quinn and this is Law Disrupted. And today we're gonna be talking about the Abu Dhabi Global Markets, also known as the ADGM, which is a so-called free zone in Abu Dhabi. Free zone meaning it's either tax-free or uh, reduced taxes. It has a number of different functions and authorities. It has a financial regulatory authority. It has a registrar where entities can incorporate. Uh, It has other institutions and uh, authorities associated with it. But what we're gonna be focusing on today is the ADGM court. And we're gonna be talking with Richard East, who's a partner in uh, Quinn Emanuel's London office, and has had extensive experience litigating cases in the ADGM court. In fact, he has litigated what I believe is the only case that has gone to trial uh, and to judgment from beginning to end in the ADGM. But let me first begin by getting an understanding of Richard's perspective on the ADGM, how he first came to get involved there, and kind of maybe give us, Richard, a summary of your experience with the ADGM.
1: Yeah, sure, John. Thanks very much for the introduction. So, yes, so we've been involved extensively in... Matters that have been litigated, uh, in the ADGM court, really, I think since the summer of 2000, which also happened to coincide with the, uh, with the pandemic. Um, and uh, the reason that we got involved is that we ended up, uh, finding ourselves trying to help, uh, a very distressed group of companies called NMC healthcare which had uh, entities and hospitals throughout the UAE, which found itself deep in financial crisis. And of course, it being a hospital group, it was absolutely essential that that group survive, continue to trade, particularly in circumstances when it was one of the key companies to react to and provide assistance and services in relation to the pandemic, both in terms of immunization, but obviously also in terms of treating people. So it was absolutely critical that this company survive uh, and continue to provide its medical services. And one of the main problems at the beginning of this case was identifying um, a system, a body of laws, and in particular bankruptcy laws, that would enable us to protect the company from litigation and claims that were ongoing and I think at one point there was over 100 separate uh, claims being pursued in various courts around the United Arab Emirates um, but also would be a system which would allow us to restructure the company and leave behind the liabilities and allow the company to emerge uh, without that liability and to survive and uh, one of the uh, the main problems in terms of identifying a system of bankruptcy was that first and foremost, neither, for example, the UK administration regime or the US Chapter 11 regime would have been very effective because they simply weren't processes that would have been recognized in the various emirates within the UAE. So it was clear that we needed to find a solution in the UAE um, there were concerns about uh, what everyone refers to as the onshore bankruptcy regime. There had been a, a recent um, updating of bankruptcy law in the onshore courts.
0: Onshore, I assume, means the, uh, the UAE domestic court system, as opposed to the so-called offshore, which would be the, these entities that
1: in in so-called free zones like the DIFC and the ADGM. Absolutely correct. That's right. And the problem with that, that particular system was that we had entities in three different emirates, Sharjah. Sharjah, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi. And it was clear that we couldn't file a co- coordinated bankruptcy across the three emirates. In other words, all the companies in Sharjah would have to go into a Sharjah bankruptcy process. All the companies in Dubai would have to go into the Dubai process, and all the companies in Abu Dhabi would have to go into Dubai process. And it wasn't clear to us how that could be coordinated together. It was very unclear. And the other problem is, is the company needed money day one of the bankruptcy, needed priority funding um day one in order to allow it to continue to trade and it also wasn't clear to us at the time how that could be organized and financed and uh blessed by the courts, the various courts in that scenario uh, to allow it to uh, have that priority funding so we It was suggested to us um that we look at the a d g m and that was um really, frankly, at a time when I, I certainly wasn't aware of the court system of the ADGM. Yeah, let's take let's take a step back now and, and talk about what is the ADGM court system. So it, it is, I mean, you rightly described it, it's the court system that has been set up as part of the creation of a economic free zone that's been created by the Abu Dhabi authorities in Abu Dhabi. And so it's to some extent similar to the DIFC, although it's different in one important respect, quite a significant important respect, is that it is the ADGM, it's common law, English common law court, which is designated as part of the onshore Abu Dhabi courts. So it's very unusual in the sense that it is not like the DIFC, which is a completely hermetically sealed court system based on English common law, but But it is actually a court of Abu Dhabi, um, which makes it a very different beast. So within the Abu Dhabi Emirates, you have courts of obviously uh, applying local UAE law. But you have a court, which is an Abu Dhabi court, applying English law.
0: That's a strange beast indeed. Yeah, You have a court in the court system, which is not applying whatever the local uh Abu Dhabi law is, but English law, and I think you're going to tell us English judges and largely English practitioners, is I mean, you look at it, you take a step back, and that sounds almost like a some type of imperial uh you know system. I mean, why why would any country tolerate this to say to say anything about actually actively set up such a such an occupying court system?
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, obviously, I can't speak for the Abu Dhabi authorities, but but one would expect that they've seen the success of the DIFC, which has been a successful you know economic free zone. There's been a huge amount of growth, interest, cases going through those courts. And two, one would assume that the reason they've set up the economic free zone and the court is to encourage inward, inward investment and economic additional economic activity that, A, has, as you said, has benefits in terms of the tax regime, how it's regulated, and B has a court system. You know, a rule of law, which is familiar to foreign investors. Even you know, American and English uh, investors will be familiar with English common law, and it is obviously good for English lawyers that that system of law is respected worldwide.
0: What parties can litigate? I mean, do do you have to be a foreigner? Do both parties have to be non Emirati parties? Do they have to opt in? Do they have to choose? uh in a contract or otherwise to litigate in the DIFC? What what is sort of the jurisdiction? Well the, the jurisdiction
1: um much to much to our surprise is is very broad because I mean in terms of the story of NMC we ended up with 36 companies in the ADGM administration in a group filing. And the jurisdictional rules say that in a sense once you have an ADGM company that ADGM company can sue almost uh, any foreign uh, defendant, because it relates to an ADGM company. So that jurisdictional rule is quite broad. So every time, for example, from the NMC perspective, we needed to sue sue a defendant, the fact that we were an ADGM company, administration gave us, gave us jurisdiction. When you say
0: ADGM company, I mean, I assume you mean that it's a company that's incorporated, reflected on the registrar of the ADGM as an AGM entity. Correct. Yes, that's right. And and I would assume that it's also true, I'm just guessing now, that uh, if you have a claim against an AGM-registered company, that claim can be brought in the ADGM as well?
1: Yes, yeah, yes, on the basis that they're present in the jurisdiction. And of course, I think also it's possible for parties to agree that the ADGM is the forum for dispute resolution in the same way they can agree any forum is a forum for dispute resolution. So um, potentially it's quite... Quite broad uh, jurisdictional basis. Obviously, if you are a foreign claimant or a foreign defendant, you have to think about how an ADGM judgment would ultimately uh, be recognised and where you need to enforce it. But the, it, the jurisdiction, um, in terms of the you know the, the the start point of the claim, is potentially quite broad. Um, just finish off the story on NMC, just to finish that point off, please. Is that in in and ultimately, we looked at the ADGM, they had the UK administration regime, they had something additional actually to England, they had a clear uh, priority funding regime, so you could put funding in day one and it had priority over all other uh, claims, which was which was a very significant um, factor. And the ADGM rules allowed onshore companies, so companies established in the onshore world, i.e. Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Sharjah, they could be continued, meaning essentially the change of the seat. The company moved from onshore into the ADGM. So on one day, we had 36 companies that were established in Abu Dhabi, Dubai and Sharjah. The next day, there were 36 ADGM companies. So they disappeared offshore and appeared in the ADGM. And on that day, we filed for administration. We, we had the application for the priority funding. And hey presto, we had a group administration that gave uh, protection and established a moratorium um, essentially against all of the creditor claims that were being brought across the UAE. So it was a phenomenal vehicle in which to protect the group and then ultimately to use restructuring um, processes uh, that were built into the ADGM insolvency regime, in particular the deed of company arrangement to implement a, um, a balance sheet restructuring which allowed ultimately the company to emerge from that administration and continue to trade. And that happened, and the, and obviously NMC Healthcare is now trading as a solvent group. It's got some historical litigation that's going on, but ultimately it emerged from that situation and uh, still exists today as a consequence of the effective rules of the ADGM.
0: Now, you said that it's an English law governed form i mean is it exclusively english or are there circumstances under which other law will apply can the parties choose to have other law apply and have judges from other jurisdictions other than england so uh
1: dealing with those questions the last to the first so the judges i think there's eight uh judges uh who can sit in either the first instance which is the kind of first tier of court or of the court of appeal so that's quite unusual You have a group of judges that can either appear first instance or uh, court of appeal. There's no superior court to that. They're all drawn, I think, presently from either England or Australia or Scotland. Um, So they're all common law judges. The rules are that the court applies English law, uh, but it has its own regulations strokes, statutes, um, which in certain circumstances provide for slightly different systems of law. So, for example, in the bankruptcy uh, arena, the deed of company arrangement, which we used in NMC, is actually an Australian bankruptcy process. So uh, that um, process, um, and insofar as it, you look at the law to understand how it's meant to work, um, you would actually look at Australian cases and I think the judges in the ADGM would look at the Australian cases to how the, de- the deed of company arrangement is interpreted. So but the primary rule is the primary directive if you will is that it's English common law say to the extent it's varied by statute regulation in the ADGM and say to the extent that you are looking at a, a feature of the ADGM statutes which has come from a different common law regime, like Scotland or Australia, so that's how it works basically. So, I mean, it's very familiar for English lawyers. The civil procedure rules that that you have to comply with in terms of bringing claim are also very close to English procedural rules. Save there are some differences, particularly around uh, disclosure, for example, where you don't have the same current regime that applies in England in the ADGM. You have something that's probably closer is a mishmash of kind of. Um, kind of arbitration practice and uh, and then uh, the old English rules on disclosure
0: from a professional standpoint, do lawyers need to be admitted to practice before the
1: ADGM? As a firm, we are a licensed ADGM firm, so but I'm not aware that there's any requirement, so for example, if barristers appear in the ADGM, I don't think. Uh, they're presently required to be separately licensed, like, for example, if they appear in the BVI court or the Cayman court. Um, so um, obviously there are English lawyers who are present in the UAE who are, uh, who are licensed to appear in the DIFC or the ADGM. If I'm honest, I'm not entirely uh, au fait with, the whole, with that particular process, but I know that we as a firm are licensed as an ADGM branch.
0: No, you've mentioned that uh, you were in one of this NMC case that threw off a, a proceeding, which was uh, turned out to be a trial that went all the way to the judgment. Yeah. And 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 that was the first
1: case that had actually gone to judgment in the ADGM? I think that's the first full trial they've had actually physically in the ADGM. So you'll remember that I mentioned when we first got involved, it was in the pandemic. And so there were lots of peerings that were remote. But in terms of a... As far as I'm aware, unless somebody emails in to correct me, um, that was the first physical trial in the ADGM building used in the ADGM facilities with witnesses present who were cross-examined. So myself uh, and a team of lawyers from Quinn Emanuel, our barrister's team, were physically present for almost four weeks in the ADGM uh, with a team on the other side from Eversheds and their council. And we had a a trial, a four-week trial in the ADGM which ran incredibly well the judge was andrew smith who's a who's a retired uh, english commercial judge and so it was very familiar i suppose uh one of the g- the great things about it being a modern court is it's highly digitized the court has amazing facilities in terms of the presentation of bundles and materials all done electronically there are screens everywhere so um, you only have to look online, and you can see some pictures of the court. It's an it's an incredibly modern facility where everything is you know done electronically, so it works very well and, and very efficient. And uh, you know the registrar of the ADGM, who uh, essentially runs runs the court, and makes sure everything runs effectively. Did a excellent job in making sure that that uh, trial went went very well as a process. So yes,
0: the ADGM court has has been around for several years. Um, I mean, it's surprising that uh, this would be the first case in person that went all the way to judgment. Do you have any sense about uh, what the volume of the caseload is, or and and why it is that it's been several years to actually have a full trial there?
1: Well, you're right. It was established, as I understand it, in 2013, and I think um, I mean the, the volume of the of the cases going through the, the the court now is very very different from when we first got involved um i mean in in 2020 you know we were looking at the court diary and and you know if we wanted a hearing next tuesday at three o'clock we could you know there was a good chance that we would get that hearing (laughs) um now it's very different uh it's very busy and i just think it's because people have become uh, a combination i suspect of people setting up in the region it takes a while for you know, disputes to kick off. So there may have been economic activity, people establishing ADGM companies, there being economic activity, and it's taken a while for these uh, disputes to feed through. Um, I mean our the NMC case was obviously a um one of those events that doesn't come along very often is where you have a massive bankruptcy filing which then throws off hundreds, you know, dozens and dozens of hearings which which we've had. Uh so I think you know, partly the NMC has breathed life into the court. Um, Partly, it's because it's been going now for 10 years, and and there are just disputes becoming kicked up. Partly, I think it's because people are aware of the court. Um, I know, speaking to some of our clients, that they are now actively choosing the ADGM as a forum in which disputes can be fought out, having seen how effective it's been, having seen some of the judgments that are coming out, and they're, you know, sensible Judgments that you would expect to see, you know, in the English commercial court or uh, anywhere in the common law world. So, I think it's a combination of, uh, you know, people seeing it now as an effective court. There being a certain amount of economic activity over the last ten years, which is generating disputes, people submitting their disputes to the court, and you know, to the odd sort of situation like NMC, which creates a lot of activity.
0: Now, we we all know there are enormous pools of capital in Abu Dhabi, the sovereign wealth fund and and other pools of capital, some related to the ruling family, some not, some private. And that capital is being deployed in significant investments, both in the region and, and outside the region. I'm wondering whether, as always happens, there'll be some number of, not every investment turns up roses. Uh, and so sometimes there are disputes. I'm wondering if that's going to lead to more disputes in the ADGM Relating to the to investments of that nature, do you have any insight into that?
1: Well, as I say, I just made the point that I think you know you, you and I, as we've been going around to see people, more and more we're hearing that people are seeing the ADGM and choosing the AGM as a dispute forum for you know uh, deals and investments they're currently currently making, and so I think you know more and more people will elect this court as a forum in which. Uh, disputes can be fought out. Because, particularly if you're um, an external investor, the fact that the ADGM is part of the Abu Dhabi court system means that it's going to be potentially better and easier to seek recognition of that judgment within the UAE, as opposed to if you have a New York court judgment and an English court judgment. I mean, although there is a memorandum of understanding between the commercial court, in England and the ADGM, it, it's not clear how you would then enforce that judgment if you got recognition of the commercial court judgment in the ADGM, whether you can then bounce that into other emirates. That's a little bit unclear. But what is clear is the ADGM court is an Abu Dhabi court judgment, which will be recognized in Dubai, in Sharjah and other emirates. So I definitely think it's going to Grow in popularity, and we certainly know from our discussions with lots of people, there are many funds and clients moving into the ADGM, both in terms of seeking uh, to raise money uh, and also to potentially invest money uh, within the region. So, uh, for sure, in my view, it's going to increase in popularity and use.
0: Will an ADGM judgment be recognised in England? Yes, and elsewhere. Will it be recognised in the US?
1: Uh, I don't know about the US, um, but if there's, I think there's already good authority that says that an ADGM judgment will be recognized in England. And in fact, there is a memorandum of understanding that was established, I think, in 2006, which provides for recognition. Um, if there's any, um, criticism, though, or, uh, you know, work to be done, um, in, in my, in the area of insolvency and bankruptcy, One of the problems was that whereas there are routes to recognize money judgments, when you're seeking to have an administration order or a deed of company arrangement or something more complex recognized, that's where we ran into issues. And it took us a great deal of time to get recognition of the administration order in um not so much in Abu Dhabi, because it is part of the Abu Dhabi court system, but certainly in Dubai, it was more difficult to have that admin regime recognised in Dubai. Um, ironically, it was easier to get recognition of the ADGM administration in the English court under the cross-border regulations in England than it was to get recognition of the administration in Dubai or the DIFC. <laughs> That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, it's just the ironies of uh, the different, because uh, it's a federal system, the UAE, of course. And so they're different emirates and they have very distinct, um, you know, senses of, uh, have, they have their own internal regimes that govern how things are recognized. So, yeah, so it was more difficult getting the ADGM order administration recognized as a common law order in a, you know, in um, UAE Emirates than it was having it recognized in England, of which is, of course, another common law jurisdiction.
0: Any final uh, observations or uh, recommendations for litigators who are contemplating litigating in the ADGM?
1: Um, Well, I would have no hesitation in, in certainly um, recommending the court uh, to, to clients and to other lawyers. I've been very impressed with the way uh, that the court uh, operates, and um, the registrar is incredibly responsive. Um, you know, you get court uh, listings in periods of time, which mean that you can litigate effectively. Uh, so certainly, I would I would uh, highly recommend the jurisdiction to any client or any other lawyer. I guess where the work needs to be done, and this is probably where it's hardest, is it certainly would make sense, to in my mind, in having some inter-emirate uh, clear agreement on the enforcement recognition of judgments and the enforcement recognition of bankruptcy orders. So a little bit like we have in, you know, had in Europe when we were part of Europe in England is where you have regulations that deal with interstate recognition of money judgments and interstate recognition of Um, you know, main and non-main bankruptcy proceedings. If the Emirates could get together and hammer out that sort of inter-Emirate agreement, then I think it would be very helpful and would further improve the system of justice uh, in the UAE. That's just my personal view. But no doubt that would be very difficult to achieve and would take some time. This is John
0: Quinn, And this has been Law Disrupted, where we've been talking to Richard East about the Abu Dhabi Global Markets Court. Richard, thank you for joining us.
1: Welcome, John. Thanks very much.